1983. There is no Eddie Clark to be seen. And on this month of the monthly Motorhead podcast, we are talking Another Perfect Day. Another album recorded in Olympic Studios, this time by producer Tony Platt. Its peak UK chart position was 22, and it was the first and last album featuring Brian Robbo Robinson. We're certainly into the divining of opinions years of the Motorhead to discography now, so there's a lot to discuss. Which is why this is a pretty long episode that we should just get on to. I'll just say before we begin, we've now got an official Instagram just for the podcast, Monthly Motorhead Podcast, one word. We've posted pictures of the albums we talk about, and by that I mean the actual physical copies of the albums, and we own an LP, which people really seem to go apeshit for pictures of LPs on Instagram. And you could be one of those people too. Or you can just listen to this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and on topatskins.com, the podcast hosting website where we host this and many other fine shows. Yada yada yada, and now on with today's episode, Another Perfect Day. We're so back, we're back to a proper a proper drone cover rather than just a photo of a fist or a photo of I love it. I love everything about it except for the fonts. The fonts. I don't like the fonts. I can't see what's happening with the word in there. Especially on the back when it's just like it's meant to be written in blood. And it's giving you the impression of a much hardcore album than we're going to yes. get, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a few things around this cover and the way this album set out and everything, which I can see why it would disappoint a lot of fans. Um, I know Phil Taylor, when talking about the album, he said, like, this is going to send people on a bad trip. We were on, <laughs> <laughs> on acid. But there's a lot I like about it. It's I think it's my favorite. If that album cover, cover. was on the disc, that would be fucking cool. Because yeah. it's, like, it's like it's like made to spin, isn't it? Like yeah. it's got like whatever the the term for that it's hypnotism deal is. That that color, that red, that hard red mixing with the soft blue, that's badass. It's it it's like the impending doom. It's like this is the apocalypse. It's I love like the nice death kind of vibe to it. Oh, I get yeah. on. Just the the way the track listeners on the back as well, where as you say, it's written. It looks like it's written in blood, and it gets worse yeah. as it the, the writing the seems one. to get scratchy. Die, you die bastard! Yeah, there's no jokes on this one, is there? Yeah. My favorite, my favorite cover, by far, I think. And uh, no jokes on on the uh, the uh, what's the word? The the thank the, the thank yous. Um. Well, the, there are thank yous on the inlay. Which has got a nice cartoon. Yes, I was gonna say there's no it's jokes, in, but there's a cartoon. Yeah, it's in it's in the style of the Viz. Um and it's basically showing Robbo's introduction to the band, which again we'll we'll talk about in a bit. But the thank yous in there are here we go again, sports fans. Something old, me, something new, Brian, something borrowed, money, and something <laughs> reptile, Phil. That's gold. So Robbo, Brian, Robbo, Robinson. Robbo. <laughs> How does he show up in the lineup? What happened to Eddie Clark? Did we discuss that last time? I don't think we discussed it because we're a bit late with doing stuff. So there's supposed to be a bit of a discussion in between, but we've decided that there's way too much to talk there's about. Gives, gives us the cliff notes then. So the cliff notes are there's been tensions between Eddie and Lemmy for a number of years we know like he makes him sing on bomber because he's sick of it <laughs> him like whining and complaining and um, they're always getting in fights and things and we f- well the story goes it comes to a head in 82 now it's during the american leg of the tour when 
Sorry, I've lost my notes somewhere. Anyway, they're out on tour in America, and around May, Lemmy decides to... Actually, we could do a talk about something else here. Let's let's rewind a bit. <laughs> okay. Let's go back to when Phil Taylor breaks his neck. Right. And because the band have got to cancel quite a major tour, they decide to go back in the studio, and what ends up happening is they work with girls' school and record the St. Valentine's Day Massacre EP. Now, I think we've looked at the cover previously, and Phil is wearing a neck brace yes. in it. And suit, suit thing. Yes, they're all in their, their gangster suits <laughs> and everything. Phil doesn't play on it because he's got a broken neck. And the drummer of Girl School, I can't remember her name, but anyway, she plays drums on all the tracks on it. Fair enough. Come 82, they decide, or Lemmy decides to try and do the same thing again while they're on tour in America. So they decide to record an EP with the Plasmatics. And rather than writing an original song like they did with Girl School, they cover Stand By Your Man. Yes. It's not a very good version at all. It's, it depends on who you ask. A lot of people would agree with you. I think it's okay. I wouldn't say it's good. <laughs> the other tracks on there are all right. What I are think. the tracks on okay. um, Well, it's doing the same thing that, that Motorhead and Girl School did. So Girl School oh, recorded cover, Bomber yeah. and Motorhead did Emergency. And I can't remember the two tracks they swap on it. But I think Plasmatics do No Class. And I think Motorhead cover Master Plan. I can't remember. But those two are okay. Yeah. But the obviously the single what it's based on is terrible. Right. Anyway, this is this is the last straw for Eddie, who okay. decides to leave in I think his last show with the band is the fourteenth of May nineteen eighty two. This is in New York, so in the in the middle of an American tour. Phil decides or Phil informs Lemmy he knows someone who can replace him who is Brian Robbo <laughs> Robertson Brian Robbo Robinson ex Finn Lizzy guitarist an ex Finn Lizzy guitarist a very guitar heavy band and a blues guitarist yes <laughs> so why did they suggest him uh, did did Phil just want to did they want to try a new sound was Lemmy up for trying a sound there, there was talk in the book of how they were more, they at this point were interested in having more of a commercial success but, you know, they were doing really well, apart from Iron Fist was a bit of a... I'm guessing part of, well, one of the contributing factors to influencing this decision was Eddie's last show was the 14th of May. The next show was the 21st of May. Now, I can't find something to confirm. I can't find evidence to confirm this, but everything points to Robbo playing that show. Mm. So less they had a week to find someone because there's quite a bit of that American tour left after that. So Robbo was brought in as a replacement for to finish that tour. And that for that was supposed to be it. They did decide to record an album with Robbo. Um which I'm very happy about. <laughs> Let's just say before we start, and another perfect day did not do well commercially. And also with the fans. Yeah, I think... Well, over time, it's become appreciated. Lemmy said he liked the album. He just thought like there were parts of it that should have been done differently. Yeah, I can see that. I mean... I think what Lemmy said was like he liked the album, but the fans didn't like it, so he just had to live with that. From the outset, this album should have killed this band. Mm. This should have been terrible. The guitarist had just left. He'd been replaced... At very short notice by someone who, from the looks of it, was just available. 
he wasn't necessarily the right guy. They didn't go through like didn't audition a load anybody. Of work. Nope. No. They just Robbo was available. Let's get Robbo. And then obviously vastly different style, like coming from like Lemmy and Phil, who it's Motorhead. We we are we play rock and roll, but they they're not. They are almost punk rock influence on this. And then you've got this guitar player who is he's very intricate and very bluesy mm-hmm. and it musically focused and trains like that part of the the first panel of the cartoon is Robbo pointing to chords that are written <laughs> on the board and Lemmy and Phil like yeah. looking in and that's a theme that's going to come up on this album as well because they're going to be like a constant back and forth between Lemmy and Robbo about like how much work needs to be done yeah yeah and it's it's uh, there's a there's a quote in a Rolling Stone article about it. Uh, Lemmy was like the workhorse, and uh, and Robbo was like the technician. Yeah, and it was just like a dynamic pull between I can see them. That. I mean, looking at going back to the cover as well, you look at that cover and you're like, this is this is gonna be something. It looks like it's gonna be like heavy as fuck metal, and it turns exactly. out to be like very early nineties. Uh, synth rock kind of thing. It's it's Not odd. I really like it. There are some really heavy bits on it, but you, remember... you look at the cover and it's it doesn't quite match up. I love the cover, but yeah, we when we saw Motorhead like uh, in like a, a period of like three years, and then he was just like, "I'm bringing back these songs now." And he he did the same joke every time we saw him. It was like, uh, "This is from another perfect day." Uh, it didn't do well. In fact, I've still got a few. Of the, I've still got a garage full of the albums and the house and all that. But he he wanted to keep doing them, and he and and they were always welcome in the set. And, yeah, you know, it's just it just took time for those songs to find a place. I think there are. I think there are some really good songs on this album, but again, going back to the core Motorhead fan base who are sort of punks and metalheads mm. at this time, and you get a guitarist from really another era. It's it's Finn yeah. Lizzy. It's sort of glam and, and quite yeah. It's yeah. it's glam and it's intricate and it's a it's about the musicality and everything. And then you've got Motorhead fans who are very punk influenced, and then suddenly you've got this guy who's coming on stage wearing shorts and ballet shoes. Who, yeah. with his, his big ginger mop as well and it's like he doesn't look like he belongs in this band no they, they got into a few uh, scrapes with uh, they were t- when they were touring in America with this lineup, and uh, there was like because they have a, a a consistency of fans in the Hells Angels ah. <laughs> and they, they saw Robbo going there and it's like oh we're going to beat the shit out of this guy and then he's just like no no please don't for my sake <laughs> <laughs> because probably just because he didn't want to bother addition another guitarist i think part of it is robbo's attitude as well as to yeah spoiler this lineup doesn't last that long no <laughs> at all <laughs> let me uh, um, read this quote i found in the book from motorhead in the studio phil phil filthy taylor revealed some of the musical inner workings of the process in an interview with the band's biggest online fan site explaining once lemmy starts playing he's sort of out there on his own in a way it's something that came naturally, but when Robbo joined the band, we started working it out a bit more. When Eddie was with the band, I played more with the guitar than I did with Lemmy because he's not really a bass player. Lemmy always plays so fast that it's always been down to the guitarist and me to keep the rhythm and the melody going. Lemmy is just non-stop playing all the time, so for the highs and lows and the numbers, the ups and downs, light and shade, whatever you want to call it, it's basically down to Robbo and myself. I've never played much before, so it's probably a lot more difficult for Robbo than me. He would always, he'd always played in bands that had proper bass players, so to speak. 
So that quote there, I thought was good because it just it just shows what they were going into, like finding the shades. Yeah, like, it's a very different sound, but it's also because it's Lemmy, Lemmy doing his style, his songwriting, his voice. It sounds like Motorhead. Yeah, this this shouldn't have worked. This should have been the end of the band right here. It's like uh, when Bad Religion did like, into, into the Unknown, and it's like, oh, let's just try a completely different thing. And like, mm, nope, shouldn't have done that, lads. On paper, this this album but, shouldn't like, work. Yeah, they they've tried doing a different thing while keeping the roots of like, well, this is a Motorhead song. The uh, the producer of this album, uh, Tony Platt, said uh, there was two or three Motorhead songs on this, and that was it. You know, there were, and the rest was just like a completely different thing. I think if this has come out under a different name. It would have done yeah. quite well. So well, was... not not commercially well, but I think it would have done very well and had its place in cult history. But this is a Motorhead <laughs> album. Yeah. It's got that name on the front and it's got Snaggletooth on the front. <laughs> it's got some great tracks on it. Shall we just get onto the tracks? Let's get onto it. Yeah, Plenty enough time doing backgrounds. Track number one. Back on the Funny Farm. gotta understand why i love that song <laughs> it's just fucking it's so much fun and it's so well written it's such a great funny stupid brilliant song the only thing i don't like is the intro i don't know why i like the bass but i don't like the way the guitar kicks into it once once it kicks in going it's just i don't particularly like just the way Robbo's does the intro to this. It's a whole different approach of like we've mentioned before how fast Eddie Clark was just like a great riff guy and he wasn't interested in doing the solos. Yeah. And this is totally different. There's like the the first guitar note, it's like my god, there's effects <laughs> on it. There's there's more effects than overdrive. So this is the first time they're on a twenty seven track recorder as well. Yeah. So they're they're really layering that shit on there, and this is uh, Robbo was very much involved in the procedure, and Lemmy was just like going to the pub whenever he could, and then getting back, going like, nah, there's too much guitar on that. I gotta do this and do that. I can imagine that. Um, it's a good it's a good read for the book for people who understand music because a lot of it was lost on me, but I understood bits of it. Like he was like saying how they recorded high end and top end guitars so he could mix them on the middle. The guy who recorded this did uh, Back in Black and Highway to Hell. Hey. Yeah. So some high fucking credibility. Yeah, because that's the that's the kind of power they pull. Even though 
like Iron Fist was a bit of a flop. Like they still got that pulling yeah. power to people, pull in people someone. Knew how big it was, like yeah. the the Motorhead thing was, man, and it was gonna stay. Like he wanted to make like another classic rock album, and he made it instead made like one of the underrated classic rock albums. You know, it's it's if this had just been, you know, if they'd have got another guitarist on, say, I, I don't even know who they could have got, just an other guitarist just playing rhythm, mm. not even contributing to anything, Finn, and they called it like a super group between like Moed, Finn, Lizzie, and like, I, I don't even know, maybe maybe like Malcolm Young just to just play the <laughs> notes or something, and people would have been praising this. It's it's that's such a good album. What well, was it? A good song to begin with. Uh... The lyrics are spot on. Oh, they're again, so fucking good, man. I, I really like this jacket, but the sleeves are much too That's long. That's what I was going to pull incredible. out. But it's the humour, again. Uh, like, it's heavy, but it's got yeah. the humour there and stuff that, make, that makes you smile. And it's not just novelty And as it's well. not like It's we were, genuine humour. It's not like we were talking about on Iron Fist when it, all the songs were just the fucking same thing. This is a song about being in a sane asylum. You know? I like how it's... Obviously, they've been through... I was going to say they've been in the shit in the wilderness and everything, but literally they've got Robbo in. He's come for the tour, and then he's recorded the album straight with him. They haven't been out of it or anything, but they are back in the studio, back yeah. in We're on early in days of Motorhead, and we're already seeing one like a, a professional road horse, Lemmy is. He's like, and then the reason why they didn't try and get uh, Eddie Clark back was like he cost them days on the road, and cost them days on the road was costing them money. And that's that's not what he's there to do, man. He's there to put on rock and roll shows. Like yeah. you don't cancel shows. Like he, he he said somewhere along the line, he's proud of the fact that he only had to ever cancel like three or four shows. Yeah, because of extreme situations. I like the fact that Robbo's just just come in, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do this. I'll do the job, and he's stuck with it. But I think Robbo's got a bit more of a personality than, or to me, like than Eddie because mm. he is his own thing. It's not like. Lemmy turns up to Eddie Clark's house with his bullet belt and leather jacket. It's like you've got the job. If he did that to Robbo, he'd probably throw <laughs> throw yeah. the jacket back in his face. It's not. It's not like the Ramones, where like the Johnny Ramone did institute a policy like whenever you're on the road with the Ramones, you have to wear the leather because Dee Dee Clark was like Dee Dee Clark. Dee Dee was getting into like hip hop and stuff, and he was he was showing up to shows in tracksuits, and he's like, no, no, we've got to put the image out there of the Ramones. Or like Lemmy is like not on the same wavelength as Robbo Robinson, but he's still not pulling him aside for dressing like a tit out yeah. there. <laughs> I think they gave him stick for it and everything, and it's like you you yeah, can't well, be wearing just the lads at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, but like he's not saying like you you're putting on this bullet belt or you're not in the band. Yeah, you know, he's not saying that. It's not that situation, but I think there is something there where the more it annoys Lemmy to get on at Robbo, the more Robbo will do it. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next track, man? Uh, it's Shine. Shine. Oh, One of the singles. What a, a shine. What a track.
So there's uh, all like the the fucking classic Motorhead themes of a song there that all boil down to just a song about fucking. But you know, it's like it's like the the metaphor of the I'm gonna make you shine. It's the I'm a I'm a loser guy who's gonna do what I want, but you're still gonna wanna fuck me anyway. And it's the, the musicality that we've been lacking in the last album. There, it's the same theme as those songs from the last album, just done in much better interesting way the songs are just more round it's just you saying about that intro and like that reprise is like halfway through when it kicks into the solo and it just works so well it's like robo spent that that extra like i would say five minutes but this is this isn't well this isn't the old motorhead this is robo spending 17 hours on a guitar track and getting this getting this right whole album was done in six weeks yeah, that's, that's with impressive. like some of the songs done uh, and some of the lyrics done. They did it all in the Olympia, Olympia, Olympic. I think it's Olympic Studios, isn't it? Yeah, the Olympics. It was all live. It was live tracked just with extra yeah. dubbing. And so, that's amazing. for a first time, like lineup, like they've just been doing live, and then they've come in and, and done like an album like that, and to get such a what are good songs out of it? Yeah, this this is the thing. This this album shouldn't get the stick. It did at the time. But... Everyone's on top form. Lemmy's singing songs. Yeah, that's. You know? I was. I was gonna say that he's. You can hear him moving <laughs> notes up and down. Yeah, this isn't. This isn't barking. Yeah. Like I am Vesta or anything. This he's singing these songs. <laughs> Phil's actually got his drum in tune on this as well. Yeah, the drums sound a lot better, and they're a lot. I I, I assumed he would have done that anyway, but in the studio book they say he does say like, oh, um, um, Tony, it's Tony, yeah. The producer like install the policy that the 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 tom the toms would have to be in in key to the song that they're in, which I assumed they would have been doing anyway. But it's like oh, first time I've heard of that being done. I don't know how drummers tune drums. I don't know they tune them. Nah, you, you can, but I mean, generally with bands I was in, it's like you just keep this this thing because it's too much. Yeah, because you don't do that in between songs, which I do. But like when you're making a very musical album like this, but it just shows, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a different world we're living you can, in. You can see why this was picked as a single. Great song, man. Great song. It's it's up there with top ten, my head, I'd say. Not I have top to see five. When it, I have to see when it comes to it. But it is very good song. It's not my favourite on this album, but to be honest, my favourite song of this period isn't on this album, oh. which we'll talk about in a bit. Is it Dancing on Your Grave? It's not Dancing on Your Grave. That's what's on next.
know this is the first uh, album so far that none of the tracks are two minutes. Oh, are they all longer than two minutes? Yeah, the shortest one is 3.11, and that was Shine. But Back on the Funny Farm was four, and Dancing on Your Grave was 4.29. It's the solos, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, there's, I think it's later on. Might be actually in another perfect day. I can't remember which song it is, but there's two solos and they go on for a while. But it's crazy that because there are other albums we've been listening to songs and they're just like, fucking hell, why isn't this ended yet? Why is this still going? And that didn't drag to me. That, that I think was... part of it's like, no, again, no, no offense to like Eddie and everything, but he, he knows his limits. He knows he can do like a 30 second solo and in a quick song. Mm-hmm. Robbo has. That mu- well, that musical ability to be able to keep you interested with a solo. He's not showing off. He's keep it well. He is showing off, but he's hmm. keeping it to to a decent length, and he's changing it up enough that it's not repeating itself too much. They've very well crafted these these solos and the songs because I don't think they go on for too long. There's a, there's a few times if you sort of remember, then you'll notice it. But if you just follow the songs, they just flow so well through the riffs and everything. Like, one of the things Eddie was really good at with his solo in was when the riff changed and him changing his solo up to fit with the riff, which works really well, whereas Robbo can just hold you with a single solo just mm, because of, yeah. of where he can go with it. Um, hey, I'm, not, I'm not really, like, a, a, a guitar guy, but, like, I'm noticing the difference between what we've been hearing in guitars. I'm just enjoying this a lot more. I, I love it. Again, like you said, no, no, no offence to poor Eddie Clark, rest his soul, because he did do good work. He wrote great riffs. No one's going to take that away from him, but, like, yeah, it's a different world. And... It's just it's just more crafted. He's, Robbo puts the time into it. I get the motorhead philosophy is go on, bang, get it done, mm-hmm. get out. Whereas that's what Lemmy and Phil are doing, but then Robbo is spending the time and layering this thing down and making the guitar sound good if and, they and not just... just having... Uh, that that's you know we need to write a song in 10 minutes that'll do mm. this is Robbo taking that and putting his stamp on it like going that's not good enough for me we can't you can't just put that out I'll sort this <laughs> you got the pup <laughs> if they could have just found a way to like work on that a bit more and just hone it to something that everyone could have been happy with who knows where we'd be now there's another quote from the book the studio book uh, this one described that the this lineup as raw power versus melodic tendencies that's that's the thing this shouldn't have worked it shouldn't work on paper because there's only one guitarist there there's no one to sort of have that transition between robbo and the rest of the band but it just works somehow i i it is lightning and capturing lightning in a bottle mm-hmm. i think it's i mean i've got to admit i trade probably the next two albums at least possibly free for another Robbo album. Oh, well, well let's, let's not skip ahead. Let's stay where we are because uh, we've done Dance on Your Grave. Yeah, uh, it's 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 not a song that I ever really got my way to listen to, but it's not a song I'm going to skip either, you know what I mean? I like it. It's, the, it's the, poppy. About the, yeah, the melodic poppiness of like the, the chorus, Dancing on Your Grave, yeah. but like, the rest of the song, it just like washes over me. I can't yeah. really remember the words to the chorus, the verses that something about an Indian stepping like an Indian let me look that up so I'm not misquoting that uh, I'm high stepping like an Indian brave I'm the one dancing on your grave you know I'm a killer babe here's the news for you 
it's fine. <laughs> I do I do like one interesting fact about the song, which is that Sepultura got the name from it. Ah, there you go. Because Max Cavalera was translating the lyrics into Portuguese and grave in Portuguese is Sepultura. There's a few bands that took the name from Motorhead songs in the Overkill. Oh, yeah, Overkill um, of course, the obvious one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another, I know there's another one. Someone looked it up and tell us on uh, topatacanes.com with this podcast many other podcasts hosted. But before you do that, finish listening to this because we're going to listen to Rocket next. agree with you there Matt I love this song it's brilliant well like, there was it started off as like oh yeah I do like this but then like as good as that guitar solo was I think it was a bit much for a song about just rock and roll yeah. you know it could keep it nice and simple like, we were saying that like oh, it, it should have been as big as Dr. Rock but the thing is you don't need two songs doing the same thing in the set next to each other yeah. do you and Dr. Rock's got more of balls to it I think more jumpy up and down yeah I, I love this song though there's so much about this um, just just go into the lyrics like the first verse has got it's got Lemmy's couplets again but you've got rock and roll to save your souls so you've got the couplet and I got it and then you've got the next couplet give it to me loud and free don't knock it so I know he's he's fit a couplet in between another two couplets and everything like it's his style but it's just changing it up slightly to make it see well just give it its own uniqueness compared to like the other albums where yeah. it was just couplet after couplet after couplet after couplet. Um, other bits about this when the when the first solo kicks in, they have like this breakdown riff, and all they really do with it is and all they do at the end of that when the solo's finishing, they just speed it up and then kick back <laughs> into the main riff, and it just it just works. It's a good ensemble song in it because uh, it's got like that and it's got like Lemmy doing his little solo bar as well. I'd, I'd love that where Lemmy's doing his, his bit of just, just twiddling about on the bottom of the bass and, and Robbo's putting a, just a few accents on it and then you've got the piano going in and all the drum fills <laughs> and then that, that very thin Lizzy riff at the end is like it's 
it, it, this is practically a Finn Lizzy song, <laughs> really. <laughs> just disguising as a Motorhead song. It's ace. The only Motorhead, son of Motorhead Thin Lizzy cover that I'm aware of is Rosaline. I can't think of any others off the top of my head. And I saw them do that live when I saw them in Germany and it was fucking cool. But we're still talking about Motorhead. Is there one more song on this side? I think there's one more song. Oh, by, by the way, I don't think we mentioned it. Piano. <laughs> Piano <laughs> on a Motorhead it. He didn't <laughs> mention this excitedly. Yeah, there's, there's a wee bit of rock and roll chubby check piano there. <laughs> on a Motorhead record crazy uh, you know again the f- they wonder why like like punk kids didn't like this <laughs> <laughs> it, but it's not like it was like a whole song on piano is it that was like it's like the outro like less than a minute of piano and someone's like throwing the album out the window going oh they're sold out man i do like fucking I think- people man fucking fans anyway, that's a, that rocket's a tune but is it as much a tune as one track mind yes <laughs> <laughs> Long song, man. Five minutes. I'm not keen on this song. So the it's the only one where me the interest wanes a bit. It's, yeah, it's taken away from the 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 good piece we've established and what's going on in this album, man. I mean, I, I get it's the last song of that side, but when you these days and you listen to it on a, an album list, it's skip is what yeah, that is. It's, you know, it's a bit long and it, it doesn't help. The lyrics don't help. Where it's it's a listy song. It's the, it's the one <laughs> list song on this album, but one arm bander. One way rise, one arm bander. What is it? One more try. I, it's just, it's just a bit. There's no real, there's no real change up in the lyrics. It goes from from one, one to two to three. To two <laughs> to three. <laughs> it goes from that uh, one arm bander to that two lane highway with a two hand car. The two hand car, which we were discussing. What does that mean? I don't know. Someone <laughs> find out and tell us is what this, that means. The only thing which has come to me now does it mean a car? That's not got an automatic transmission, so that you need to use your other hand to change gear. That that's makes, all I can think. Makes more sense than my theory of how you measure a horse in hands. So it might be a very tiny car. That's two hands high. It, uh, maybe. <laughs> no, because this this song <laughs> a lot more fun than it was. 
It's a very long, drawn-out affair. That uh, the solos are good, <laughs> I guess. But I, they they weren't like f- like fast, engaging, like cool solos. It was solos that matched the song, and the song was just slow. Yeah, it's, it's not my favorite on here. Like Motorhead's at its best when it is kicking you in the face, yeah. being loud and fast. Like I'm not, I've never like, been keen on the yeah. on the slow songs. And it's Metropolis, I'll give you, but everything else, I'm like. Orgasmatron as well, I guess. I'm not. Uh, we'll get to that. It's <laughs> a while's <laughs> off. We'll get to that. Um. So that's the the side A, side B, where where you know. You think the they always put the good stuff on side A, uh, but they'll save something for side B to keep it going. There's a few things on side yeah. B I like. It's an interesting conversation topic there, because like you know you have to like structure an album in ways of keeping people engaged, and that would have been something they would have had to do back then. They would have to make sure that there was something to get people to flip the other side over, wouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of structuring albums. Well, like mm. I believe on a strong opener, you know, something in that you can slow it down, but you need something in the middle to pick people up. Yeah, and the last song should be as epic as possible. You should make it feel like that's it, that's finished, that's the album done. There's no more, and that's what really annoyed me about Iron Fist, like <laughs> ending on a fade out. <laughs> It's time for the title track, funnily enough. Another perfect day. Considering how Motorhead are fast, heavy rock and roll, that's, you can understand the, of that one why people were like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, it's a very, it's a very slow, cool intro. It's, it's bluesy. Yeah, isn't it? it's, it's, it's one of the songs that I not really noticed the 
the uh, the multiple guitar thing going on in there. And I'll tell you something, Matt, I don't appreciate it when there's a band that are a three piece that make a song that's got all these things going on in it. Like, you can't do that live. Why are you doing that to yeah, me, I, man? I don't mind it to an extent. Do they one, can't do one it song every song. Uh, you know, if you you're writing a song that's so emotionally raw and uh, pains you that you can't perform it live, then I'm like, oh yeah, fine, whatever. That's weird, but okay. But when it's like we can't physically do this, I was like, Dragon for <laughs> Dragon Force, so fucking yes. like they couldn't actually play live because you had to sit down in order to do all that fucking guitar solo work. Man, this it's a good good song, I guess. It's just not for me i like it it's it's a bit of a change of pace but it's not like one track mind I've, i think i dropped oh it's one better track than one mind. track mind yeah. yeah it's just like a nice change of pace there's a there's quite a bit of of motorhead type humor in in here as well about it being another perfect day like i think the first verse is about i think it's about a prostitute going back on the street i thought that as well i didn't want then, to say it yeah <laughs> i thought it might be a bit weird yeah and then she you know she's you've turned the trick or two you've pulled the juice this time another perfect day it's, like it's, back into it, it's, it's just just there for the money yeah, yeah yeah so is that what we're saying this is about then yeah i think the first verse is i think it changes up and just shows a different um a few different sort of stories around the same theme. It's an it's an anthology. <laughs> it's an anthology <laughs> of people so. having shit lives, but just getting on with their lives going on. Yeah, another, another perfect, perfect day. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, I like the song. It, it's cool and everything. Um, it's just a slow change. Well, it's slowed down, but it's one of the Motorhead songs that is slow that I I quite like. I really don't like the fact that in like the, the the solo it just stops and starts again. Like literally, just there is a moment, a, sec- a second of silence there. It's an old trick, isn't it? And then it? it starts up again. I don't like it starts that. Starts up for the intro. I I've been in bands that have been guilty of it a few times. I'm not particularly keen on it. If it's overdone, it's noticeable. I don't mind it so much on this, but I get where you're coming from. It's not a classic. It's not a classic, but I think it's a good album track. I like it. I can see why it was the side B starter, not the side A starter. Yeah, you need to start like really strong mm. for your for your for your opening track. I think this is like a good middle song before it kicks up a gear again. What's the song it kicks up a gear on, man? It's marching off the wall. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Play the whole thing, just to be here all fucking day. 
Uh, I, I got nothing against that song. I like it. It's change of pace from the last two. It, it picks up and sort of gets you ready for the the final slog of this album. <laughs> but I I like I like this. It's another song which is could be a Finn Lizzy song. It's like the the riffs definitely the structure, yeah. But I think lyrically, it's it's very much a Motorhead song. Yeah, it's as we get into the nineties, I think it happens more when he's just writing songs about war and like death and killing. There's a few lyrics which seem to pop up on various albums. I think here it's um, Show No Quarter, Delight in Slaughter, whereas, what is it on? Is it on Death or Glory on Bastards? Mm-hmm. Take No Quarter, Quarter, We Glory in the Slaughter. Yeah. It's ever changed ever so slightly. He does that a few times, I've noticed that. Like, yeah. I don't want to give him shit for it, though. But what I'm saying is, like, you could argue stuff like Bomber is a song about war, but it's it's not really. It's just about like going really fast and like destroying shit. You can use that as a metaphor for just like being a dude having a good time. Whereas marching off to war is very clearly a song about like let's march off to war and kill yeah. people, guys. There's there's some interesting lyrics though. I mean, we've got up for your last long ride. Maybe God's on the other side. He, he he did not like war. <laughs> no. <laughs> he saw the hypocrisy of that and he talked about it a lot. Yeah. I like that. Though it's just the war songs and, are good. Yeah, yeah, it's just another way of like thinking about it. Like, hold on. We're all doing this for the glory of God and country, but <laughs> the other side They're though. probably doing the exact same <laughs> yeah. thing. Oh shit. We're, we're marching off to war for no reason. But this has got one of the traits of songs you hate as well, where it ends with the solo, but then it starts off again by doing the intro riff again. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's to do that twice and like that close to each other as well. And like, it wasn't as much long of a pause. But... So it's... guess how many uh, guitars were tracked on this? We know there's a 27 track recorder, yes. so I guessed sort of four or five at a time. 20. 20. 20 guitars on this. You can t- you can tell it during like the pre-chorus. Where like, you went there, you went there, man. <laughs> Sound of him recording all those guitars. Oh, it's so it's, it's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> and like one, like I was saying, you, like, it's not going to sound the same when you do it live with just one yeah, guy, is unfortunately, it? Unfortunately, it's not. I mean, I I I love it, and I love the fact that they do it on a twenty-seven track <laughs> recorder, which must mean that there are seven tracks left. So that's probably about. Five for drums, one for the bass, and one for the vocals. (laughs) To go on an off-topic tangent that's also kind of on topic, I've had like 16 jobs in my time now, and I've never been fired from any of them. I've been fired from two of them. Okay, to be fair, Liam. But I keep these jobs for a few months because they're contract jobs, and I noticed that there's a a method you have to adapt to when you're going into a new place of work, like Brian Robert Robinson must have done, and one of them isn't like... We're going to use 20 of these 27 tracks for my stuff. You don't do that. You just say, let me, it's your ship, mate. What do you want me to do? He, like, wh- why wasn't he doing that? Why was he so up his own ass? Because he was the guy who replaced Gary Moore in Thin Lizzy. He wasn't even an original Thin Lizzy. <laughs> he was fired twice. And he was fired Lizzie. twice from Thin Lizzy. <sighs> if, if he just was sound and went like, okay, it's Motorhead. <laughs> I'll do my stuff, but we'll make sure there's a lot of good, cool bass on there as well. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I love Robbo. 
I think I've said that enough on this. There's, this is brilliant. There's <laughs> some kind of admiration you've got to have for that. Like a fucking guitarist <laughs> mentality of like, I'm here now. Yeah, it's like going Where is my spotlight? <laughs> a band established it on their, on their sixth album to say, it's like, I'm doing all this. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. Especially as not even the main songwriter either. No. Does he get lyric credit on any of this? He does. Well, he gets... Um, he had words and music by Cohen's Taylor and Robertson. He is well, last. That's just, yeah, that's just let me be in sound and giving him the credit that win it because yeah. you know, fucking. Did he have any kind of solo career? What did he do after this? I think, he, did, I think he has a few solo albums and he's but he's bounced around a bit. But he wrote a few bits on some of the on some Finn Lizzy albums. I think he's on he's on the big ones. Like mm. he's probably wrote on some stuff that I really like because I'm a good Finn Lizzy classics guy. Like, but this isn't the Robert Robinson. It's the uh, the Motor Monthly. Uh, marching off to war. I got mine. Let's see what that goes like. Thing, man. I mean, that was a single, yeah. Yeah. So that's come out, and people come like, "Well, that's not my head." It's a different like, because we're, we're thinking of it in terms of now. Like, I'd say, "Oh yeah, classic Motorhead." That it's it's like that that and Shine. Or like, oh yeah, that sounds exactly like Motorhead to me. But we've got the benefit of thirty plus years of Motorhead, don't we? Yeah, it's not. I mean, if you compare it, the last single before I can't remember if Shine or this came out first, but the previous single. Is Iron Fist. It's and crazy, yeah. It's, it's so a different. very but, different song. But if they kept making stuff like the first albums, like Iron Fist, you'd be like, would it have lasted as long? No, I don't think it would. I mean, it was because, starting to get stale by yeah, Iron Fist. Even when you stuff like to to stuff from uh, this period, like uh, 
stuff from Orgasmatron and stuff from Another Perfect Day that we can now listen to go, oh yeah, it's a classic Motorhead track, but without that we wouldn't have been able to get up to stuff from like Motor Eyes and Kiss of Death and and then stuff you'd be like, oh yeah, I'm fucking, you know, there's so much stuff from Motor Eyes that I just think of like the, the zenith of Motorhead songwriting and you wouldn't have got that far without this stuff. You need to keep moving forward, don't you? And yeah, there's, there's... It's always going to be met with danger and... I, the lineup change really didn't help like fans complain about shit, does it? There's a massive creative shift on this album. Like it's so di- this this is this album sticks out like a sore thumb because it's so different to the Eddie Clark years. And then when they f- do get round to making Orgasmatron, it's so different from that as well. Mm, they, yeah. but it this really sticks out as, and this is why like. You know, if you didn't have the Motorhead name on it, it'd just be like a really cool album. You <laughs> could almost call it a super group if you just had someone just guesting on rhythm guitar. But it's it's that way you've got all those effects on that that intro. Just sounded good. Yeah, just all that Sounds, all that chorus yeah. and the and I think there's a bit of delay on there. It's it's just really bright and it's not just. A, that, a power chord that starts the song and then just away it's that's what the producer was trying to do like he's he said he, he wanted to make something that could be played loud and clear and that's totally what that is man it's like the the for lack of a straighter word the prettiness of the guitar in there it just sounds so like pristine but like when you crank that up to 11 that's also gonna fill out a room and sound fucking cool especially like towards the end of the song where you've got the solo playing over the chorus yeah. as well it's just such a big sound that's like what you're saying like in the the studio books is he recorded it to the tracks and this would bounce off each other so he's like recording like a low end and a high end of the guitar so it just plays so well it's it's a good song yeah it's yeah, that yeah, classic it's it's theme a... as well of like you you do what you want i'll, I'll just i'm just gonna be me you notice how it's got like a different uh chorus in it as well like there's Right now, right here, ain't gonna let you disappear. And then we go right now, right here. You just might be in my new career. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's an interesting little move that I like. That I, I like that. It's a good nonsense Lemmy song that also is fucking cool. It sounds yeah. nice. It's a worthy single. Yeah, thumbs up. Two thumbs up for the lads there. Tales of Glory is the next track, which is the shortest one on the album. So it's probably gonna be a, a fucking balls out rock and roll tune. There's a lot of lyrics as well, so it will be fast.
Just 
Well, it's nice to give Phil something to do on his album, isn't it? It's a good, good uh, drum song, that. There's a lot. There's a lot in that song. It's quite tightly packed. Yeah. Wait, what's that, what's that about then? Who's the bastard I, that's I dying? I wonder this. Because the chorus is, you know, your shadow is alive, it breathes at your side, got no place to hide, be with you till the day you die. So I always thought it was some sort of thing stalking, like some, some unknown thing. I don't know if it's about, like, disease or, like, addiction or something like that, like the monkey on someone's back. But then, like... He mentions like vampires and rats and <laughs> stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's. I think there's a few different things going on. It's all stuff around a theme. <laughs> sure, that theme is. I don't. I don't mean it, any insult when I say this, but you gave that song to like, a, like an actual singer. That would sound really cool as well. Yeah, the stuff he's doing with his vocals and that uh, the chorus there is like before we saying it wasn't just like what you say barking. <laughs> is it? Yeah, like there's downs and ups and there's. And then, then you put that with the you know your your harmonies with the self as well. That would sound really cool with like a hair metal band behind. <laughs> it's a it's an interesting song. It's yeah. not one of the ones that I consider an all time great. It's Die, it's a bastards, really odd you know? song. <laughs> it's it's so peculiar. But like there's there are albums. I think it's more as we get on as well. There's just like there's like there's like the single. Then there's like the experimental. And then there's like the weird song on there as it's well. The weird song. Yeah, it's not the song that they're trying like a different instrument on or a different theme. It's just like a song. Oh, well, that was a bit odd. <laughs> All right. But I'd I'd love the the chorus where it it still keeps up the pace of it, but there is some sort of harmony over the yeah. top of the chorus. It's still really fast. It's doing Again, it's stuff that shouldn't work on something that's this fast, <laughs> but it does. It's a great closer as well, though, because it was like fast, but also when it ends, you're like, huh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I mean, I've been taken on a journey there. <laughs> Brian does play all the notes in the, <laughs> in the last show, all of them. <laughs> well, that's, that's the album then, man. It is. I do, I do like the... I do like the the last lyric of "Die, you bastards." Yeah. <laughs> it's, we usually get, we usually get a cool. shout before we had a burp as this one, but like you don't usually get a shout at the end, which is always good. There's loads of there's loads of coughs and burps yeah. and various bits on this, but just "Die, you bastards" at the end. So if All you right. had this on the Castle Communications reissues, which a lot of the bonuses seem to be on, you'd also have a uh, "Turn You Around Again." Uh, I'm your hoochie coochie man and don't need religion live. Yeah, I think that, I think those last two are just live tracks, which Robbo does play on. But we do have, well, those two live tracks were on the Shine single, I think. Mm. We've got the I Got Mine single, <laughs> which has got Turn You Around Again, which is a tune and a half. But should we talk about the rest of the album, or talk about the final thoughts on the album before final you go Final thoughts the on the album, man. Uh uh, a lot of stuff we covered there. It's a shame the lineup didn't last. Uh, let me good. Let me quote. This is five times the album Iron Fist was. Yeah, definitely. you know, <laughs> he liked it. He understood that other people didn't like it, so it didn't make it to the set list until we get to the two thousands, where it's like there's a research in popularity. There's people. He maybe he's smart enough to go like, well, there's people who may not have been around for this. You know, maybe they'll appreciate it now, or maybe. More likely, he just got to the point where he was getting on in years and he was like, I like those songs, I'm going to start playing them more. I think you've you've got to think of the time as well. This is 84, I think. Is it 84? Let's double check. 83, actually, still the copyright on it. Hmm. Yeah, this is still in its infancy. It's still a lot of punks 
around, and that's the core fan base. Yeah, and everything. It's not as people start to appreciate more of the new wave of British heavy metal mm-hmm. and start getting it, start appreciating some of the stuff that came before it, like your Queens, your Thin Lizzies, and and all sort of your glam stuff. Like this is very vehement. Motorhead is it's our band they're a punk band and everything it's like you can see why a lot of the fan base were like we're not having this because the songs don't sound like they used to the band doesn't look like it used to and just it's just not the same it's change and it's a drastic change it's not we've we've had some change we've had to replace the guitarist and He's kind of having to fit back in. This is a drastic change where Robbo's not willing to compromise. Robbo plays like Robbo does mm-hmm. on this. And Robbo also refused to play the, the most of the hits as well, didn't he? Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, this what, what, is... did, what did he pick and choose to play is what I want to know. I mean, we should look at the live albums to see what they were doing. We'd have, we'd have to have a look at a few of the set lists from that time. But obviously he knows the old songs because he would have come in during the Iron Fist tour, which weirdly... One of Eddie's criticisms at the Iron Fist tour was Iron Fist didn't sell well, yet they were basing the set around the album. So they were playing all these all these new songs and the kids didn't didn't care for them. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Robbo who wants to play the new songs. But Lemmy's like, No, we need to play the classics. So I can I can understand it from both sides. You can understand Robbo wanted to put his own stamp on things, but at the end of the day, it's not his band. He's been brought in to basically help out. Like, I don't think it was ever the intention to have Robbo as a guitarist. I think this album came about just because they needed to put out an album. He was brought in to do a job to finish the tour, and they just happened to record an album with him. I don't think this was ever the long-term plan, unfortunately. He was the shortest ever serving member of Motorhead, really. What are we clocking in at here? One album. No, but I mean as in years, because I know it we know it was halfway through eighty two. It was May eighty two. They released this eighty three. When did he go? Well, uh he's on no he's on no remorse, like the compilation's got some live stuff on. Yeah, Uh, that's just that's we're not counting that. Uh we'll have to find like an actual the the, the wiki doesn't even say like what what happened. Yeah, it would have been well. By the time No Remorse comes out, they've got Phil and Wurzel by that yeah. stage because the four tracks recorded for that, or the four new tracks at least, are what would become the rock and roll lineup. But there's a there's another <laughs> bit looking, in yeah, there yeah, which we'll get onto at some point. If we're looking in terms of like just the albums, which is how I like to look at it, just the studio albums, uh, is he's a one and shot done. This, this is all we get for him, which I'm not going to say is a shame. I'm not going to say is good either. It was, like you say, it needed to be done to keep the the motorhead going. It was to keep it, it. At the end of the day, that's that's what he was brought in for. He was brought in to do a job, and I don't know what if there was that many problems. I don't know why he was asked to do the mm. album, but I'm I'm glad this got put out, and I I would trade at least the next two albums for another Robo album yeah. because I'm not overly well, keen on the next <laughs> well before we get there best song on this album <sighs> I'm torn between I Got Mine and Rocket well you're wrong because the best song on this album is back on the funny phone <laughs> that's a very good anyway there's like four or five songs that I put up there that I really like yeah, there's man. only one there's only one track mind which I kind of skip through the others I really like Die Bastard's probably like 
my second least favorite yeah, just because again, it's, it's only a bit two odd. Minutes, so it's like fine but yeah. I, yeah but every other song's boss like i i love this album like i hated it at first when i first got it but it's it's really growing on me i love this album everything down from the artwork to the way the guitar sounds on it to the way the songs are crafted love it good album uh best lyric oh, it's, it's got to be from back at the funny farm <laughs> I, I just enjoy the one I said so much. I it's like the, the I really like this jacket for the sleeves are too long. It's, That's brilliant. It's just fun, isn't it? You know, yeah. I'm sure there's some deep stuff in there and marching off to war as well. But you know, yeah, show no quarter, delight in the slaughter. Up <laughs> 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 for your long last ride, maybe God's on the other side. So have we got the single? We have somewhere. So Where's put the box? On? Yes. Perfectly on my lap. I don't know why it's not. <laughs> but I think. Yeah, he's, he's going off on one on, on it. I just, I, I just there's a bit that goes from the chorus back to the verse. He does this every time, but they only play like one and a half bars. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's almost jarring when it goes in, but it just works. They just make it flow so well. I can't really tell what song's about. <laughs> I d- it's the the lyrics are really odd, um, just bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's one lyric in there which I really like that goes, "I've got a half full of jokes waiting up my sleeve." <laughs> what? <laughs> I think it's just about people not being not being around and there to support you. Everything like we'll turn you around again. Nobody promised you it would be easy or even fair. A lot of people said lean on me and they weren't there. <laughs> Yeah. They said, we'll be around, we'll be around to help and everything, but when push comes to shove, they're not there. Maybe it is a dig at Eddie at this. Oh, maybe, yeah. I mean, it's more like the the Lemmy bitterness that we used to from the last album. But it's that's a good song. I'd I'd open the record with this. I'd open the record with I'd this. definitely put it on there somewhere. And take out One Track Minds, I think. That's how I'd swap it around. I'd take that ending off that side put this at the start and then you've got this and Dancing on Your Grave as the openers going into Shine yeah yeah that's that's my only criticism with this album this this should have been on the record it really should it, it's a if if you haven't heard it go and listen to it it's a, it's a bell set let down only by its cover which is terrible it is bad Robbo's front and centre <laughs> Although Which apparently he was very keen on doing. 
He is wearing black, though. He's not wearing <laughs> his ballet pump. Well, we can't see if he's wearing his ballet pumps or not. But <laughs> he wanted to be. He wanted to be comfortable. He wanted to be robber one stage. He didn't want to be in his denim and leather. And he whatnot. just looks weird. Uh, to be fair, everyone looks weird with the open fucking leather jackets with nothing underneath. Man, but <laughs> he just, if it's just, like looking at that lineup is not a band I would listen to. <laughs> not a handsome bunch. Well, unfortunately, it only lasts for for one record. That's all we get. Rock and Roll's the next album, isn't it? No, we've got our Gasmatron. Gasmatron's the next yes. album. There, some interesting choices to be made there. And we'll see what happens to Robbo, and we'll see what happens on that album next month on the monthly Motorhead podcast. Good Motorhead to you. Matt's nodding that he doesn't want to be involved in any catchphrases there. Bye. <laughs> well, that <laughs> do.